It was Christmas next week. She smiled ironically at the thought. Then she noticed the figure of her husband coming up the road. He came in at the gate and round to the side door. Mary! She went slowly in answer to the summons. He held a letter in his hand. Met the postman, he said, from your aunt. She opened the letter and read it in silence. Both of them knew quite well what it contained. She wants us to go over for Christmas again, said Mary. He began to grumble. She's as deaf as a post. She's most as deaf as her mother was. She ought to know better than to ask folks over when she can't hear a word anyone says. Mary said nothing. He always grumbled about the invitation at first, but really he wanted to go. He liked to talk with her uncle. He liked the change of going down to the village for a few days and hearing all its gossip. He could quite well leave the farm to the hands for that time. The crew deafness was proverbial. Mary's great-grandmother had gone stone deaf at the age of thirty-five. Her daughter had inherited the affliction, and her granddaughter, the aunt with whom Mary had spent her childhood, had inherited it also at exactly the same age. "'All right,' he said at last, grudgingly, as though in answer to her silence. "'We'd better go. Write and say we'll go.' It was Christmas Eve. They were in the kitchen of her uncle's farmhouse. The deaf old woman sat in her chair by the fire, knitting. Upon her sunken face there was a curious, sardonic smile that was her habitual expression. The two men stood in the doorway— Mary sat at the table looking aimlessly out of the window. Outside the snow fell in blinding showers. Inside the fire gleamed onto the copper pots and pans, the crockery on the old oak dresser, the hams hanging from the ceiling. Suddenly James turned. "'Jane!' he said. The deaf woman never stirred. "'Jane!' Still there was no response upon the enigmatic old face by the fireside. "'Jane!' She turned slightly towards the voice. "'Get them photos from upstairs to show John!' he bawled. "'What about boats?' she said. "'Photos!' roared her husband. "'Coats!' she quavered. Mary looked from one to the other. The man made a gesture of irritation and went from the room. He came back with a pile of picture postcards in his hand. "'It's quicker to do a thing oneself!' he grumbled. They're what my brother sent from Switzerland, where he's working now. It's a fine land to judge from the views of it. John took them from his hand. She gets worse, he said, nodding towards the old woman. She was sitting gazing at the fire, her lips curved into the curious smile. Her husband shrugged his shoulders. Aye, she's nigh as bad as her mother was. And her grandmother. Aye, "'It takes longer to tell her to do something than to do it myself. "'And deaf folk get a bit stupid, too. "'Can't see what you mean. They're best let alone.' "'The other man nodded and lit his pipe. "'Then James opened the door. "'The snow stopped,' he said. "'Shall we go to the end of the village and back?' "'The other nodded and took his cap from behind the door. "'A gust of cold air filled the room as they went out.' Mary took a paper-backed book from the table and came over to the fireplace. Mary? She started. It was not the sharp, querulous voice of the deaf old woman. It was more like the voice of the young aunt whom Mary remembered in childhood. The old woman was leaning forward, looking at her intently. 
Mary, a happy Christmas, Dewey. And, as if in spite of herself, Mary answered in her ordinary low tones. The same to you, Auntie. Thank ye, thank ye. Mary gasped. Aunt, can you hear me speaking like this? The old woman laughed silently, rocking to and fro in her chair as if with pent-up merriment of years. Yes, I can hear ye, child. I've allus heard ye. Mary clasped her hand eagerly. Then you're cured, Aunt. Aye, I'm cured as far as there was ever anything to be cured.